Raisers, I'm Don Lego, and it's that time once again to buckle up for a new episode of Race Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities and building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. So let's get going. We are continuing with our Raise uh, Impact series and bringing on thought leaders to talk about tips and trends and struggles and how to overcome them. And my next guest couldn't be more appropriate. I'm fangirling, I have to admit a little bit because it's from one broadcaster to one podcaster. Um, but we have um, the one and only um, nonprofit nerd with us, uh, Jarrett Ranson, from, who's co-host of the nonprofit show. So I'm sure you all know and love her, but she is also the president and CEO of the Raven Group. And I'm super excited to dive into conversations with her. Hi, Jarrett. How are you? Hi, Dawn. I'm so good. Uh, just one quick thing. Last name Ransom. I know it probably comes across with your accent, but it's like hold you for money, which how more appropriate could my last name Ransom be for a professional fundraiser? <laughs> Only you would think of that. Only you would think of that. Well, well I graduated I... college and I sent Ransom notes as my cover letter for my resume. So, you know, did just you play with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Embrace it, whatever it is. Right. That's yeah. what I love about you. Um, but I did, I kind of just did a silly introduction as like the nonprofit nerd and hope you didn't take offense to that. Um, but why don't we let our audience get to know you a little bit better and a little bit more formally? What do you do? You do so much. I, I feel like we see you everywhere. I always see you on the nonprofit show, but I know that you do quite a bit of work in um, nonprofit consulting as well. So just want to give the whole 411 introduction, please. The 411, I love that. Is that is that still a thing? I love it. I don't know. I'm old, so I still use it. <laughs> that makes both of us. Um, I do call myself the nonprofit nerd, and I wear that with a badge of honor. So for all of you watching or listening, rather, um, you know, usually I have on my nerdy glasses, and they literally have tape in the middle, right above the nose, right? It's just like, we're just going to nerd out. Uh, I found myself saying, like, oh, my gosh, I could talk about nonprofits till you're blue in the face because I never will be. So I was like, I'm just going to own it. Nonprofit nerd, hashtag nonprofit nerd. Um, so yeah, I work and live outside of the Metro Phoenix area in Arizona. Um, have been doing this work for so very long. I have to give a nod to my mom who's still around and she's fantastic, but she had my brother and I very civically engaged as children, not as philanthropists, but as volunteers. Good mom. What's mom's name? Let's shout yeah. her out. Well, you're going to love this. Her name is Pleslin, which is very different. But yeah, my mom, Pleslin, and my my uh, kid calls her P because obviously growing up, Pleslin was way too hard for a toddler. Um, so yeah, she had us very engaged in our community. And so I really just dedicated my life, my career to being of service. My license plate reads, which my son hates it when I when I say this, it reads be of service. So I, I live it. I oh my gosh, it. I actually love that. That's touching. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so what, but what do you do at the Raven Group, though? So it's not just um, the nonprofit show and hashtag nonprofit nerd. 
you do a lot of consulting, deep consulting work too. I do a lot. I work nationally. So yes, I said, you know, I live here in Arizona, Phoenix. I also uh, share my time in Park City, Utah, but I work in a lot of organizations, really mid-sized to larger organizations. I help them with um, interim executive work. So I might come in as an interim chief development officer or chief um, executive officer, really getting ready for their next sustainable leap. Um, I do executive coaching, which is a lot of fun. And I've had some great opportunities to work with some fantastic people in our sector across the nation. Uh, that's done online. And, you know, everyone now has become a lot more comfortable with online work. Uh, the other thing I love to do is ask people for money. So I might do that. Wait, what? <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not an easy job. It's not easy. I don't know. I think we do it because we have to, but not because we love to. I think you're the first who's actually said that. And even better if it's from stage. So I do keynote speaking. So if you have a gala or any event coming up and you're like, we're just not sure who should be the one to ask for the money. Uh, that's me. That's me. I love wow. it. I love it. The you know what? I, ask, the better. I should have asked you what, what don't you do? That might've been the shorter list. Um, that's so true. that's pretty, that's pretty uh, extensive. You have such a length and breadth of um, talents, but I, I, I would imagine that seeing so much, you know, a co-host of the nonprofit show and hearing about all the latest and greatest out there. And then on the other side of that, consulting and talking to nonprofit organizations, I would have to think, and what I'd love to talk about today is that you're seeing um, what, what struggles there are, especially coming out of the last two years that I don't even know what to call them, um, two, two years plus, but all the struggles, what, what are the struggles? What are the goals? What are we trying to accomplish now? And, and how do we, we, how do we get there? And then maybe later on, we'll talk about what's trending, if you don't mind. How much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Let's just get into it. Let's, yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, honestly, right now, the biggest struggle that I see is because of COVID, dot, dot, dot. And we're stuck in this mentality of because of COVID. And we're using that as a crutch as opposed to a catalyst. And a lot of boards press pause. They sat on the sidelines. We're now, what, two and a half, three years into COVID, dot, dot, dot. Um, and so we have to be nimble. We have to be agile. We have to be innovative disruptors. And we have to move forward. We have to make big decisions to, to create big waves. And I'm seeing that because of COVID, dot, dot dot as a crutch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And my biggest fear is that we might, might, the, the, the lessons learned might not stick that we just might fall back in. I mean, we learned a lot. There was a lot of good things that came out too. I never want to go through it again. Don't get me wrong, but there, right. there was just, it was very eye opening about being flexible and diversifying and, ex, you know, expanding your donor base and not just the 200 people that might be in the ballroom and, and making sure your tech stacks there. And it just, I can go on and on and on and on, but what are we going to do with those lessons now that dot, dot, dot is here, you know, and, and I, I'm hoping we don't fall back into, you know, those behaviors. Are you seeing that a little you bit? Know when I'm working with my executive coaching clients, the, the question I ask them is, what will you continue 
because of COVID? What has this opportunity provided you because of COVID? Um, because let's be honest, Don, I know I'm not the only one to see this. The scarcity mindset of nonprofits gets in our ding dang way all the time. And the scarcity mindset, I think also falls under the same because of COVID mentality. We use that as an excuse. Um, and so I do like to ask with my clients, what will you do because of it? What have you learned in this time? What have you embraced? What have you been able to uh, to champion that you're going to keep? And, and that's what are, where I love to take. What should some of those answers be? Do you think? What you know? I know it's different for every nonprofit, depending on you know th- th- their size, their scope, their donor base, you know their their resources. But what do you think some of those are the the keepers from COVID? Dot dot dot. <laughs> Yeah, fast action, fast decisions. I I really think we need to uh, start making faster decisions. I've seen in my 13 years of consulting business, I started the Raven Group 13 years ago, so I'm a proud teenager, um, is really, you know, looking at um, how can we act quicker? And our culture and our sector has really been this hurry up and wait mentality. What are we waiting for? Let's do it. Yeah, what are we waiting for? Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Somebody said to me not that long ago, and I, I that's the the quote st- stuck with me: "A publish or perish." And I think there's that something to that to that mentality. Um, like, let's just do it. Um, but you want to do it smart, and you want to do it strategically. So, um, but that's a good point. What What are we waiting for? So, what 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 are some of the trends then? So, if if you're saying let's act and let's let's act faster. What are some of the trends that we should be thinking about and acting on? That would be a fair question. One of the things I love um, is really this artificial intelligence, like AI. Nerd in AI, yes, but I have seen it come a long way. The most recent AFP Icon conference I was at in Vegas. Uh, the only thing I can tell you about Vegas from this conference, right? Because it's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> It really was the AI presence there. And I really saw this conference as a technology first fundraising Mm. focused. So fundraising was the focus, but technology was the priority. And how are we integrating technology because of COVID dot, dot, dot? How are we embracing the opportunities? How are we using artificial intelligence, automation, all of these data points now with our donors and our constituency base, which the trend is, our constituency based on, I've seen this with so many conversations with leaders on the nonprofit show, it is no longer in your backyard. The world, the globe is your audience. And so we've seen this um, geographic, you know, net, if you will, being cast far and wide because people have become nomadic. People have moved to other parts of the country, other parts of the world, but they're still invested in you and your mission. And so we really need to consider what that looks like at a broader audience. Yeah, so so true because... um... We're, we're meeting donors where they are and capturing them everywhere. Um, social, uh, TikTok, um, you know, we're, we're, we're capturing them everywhere. We can't think in terms anymore of just, you know, the email with a link to an online, you know, donation page. And it's also a very, very, very competitive landscape. And 
you know, so you have to cast your, you know, it's sheer numbers, cast your wet net wider, you catch, you know, you're going to catch more fish. So, but then it's not just the casting of the net. It's also being smarter and leveraging AI to what to ask, when to ask, you know, who to ask. There's so many niches with, with, with AI. How are you seeing it used most effectively? Oh gosh. Well, you know, I do think also when it when it comes to this is the investment of AI, the investment in additional technology, because I know one of my, you know, biggest clients, we work off of the oldest laptops that have been refurbished <laughs> and they just aren't doing the work, right? They're not yeah. cut mustard. And so really looking at how we can integrate technology in this you know, century and maybe even beyond. I think that's really important. Automation, really important. Um, But really knowing who we are and knowing who our audience is. Um, I always say, you know, there's 1.8 million nonprofits in the U.S. that is registered in the U.S. There's 33,000 in my state here of Arizona. So there's a lot of organizations out there. Now, I subscribe fully to abundance and fully to collaboration. But the reality is there is competition for donors dollars and there is competition for mission alignment and so i do think that if we get out of our own way and we use technology to share our story right tell the world who we are attract to our audience that is going to find us and what we do appealing and in alignment that is our audience so we need to be there with open arms to uh, to receive them and then of course to steward that relationship for you know, for eternity, however long that is for them. And what do you think about the future generations coming up? You know, the millennials, the Gen Zers, what are you seeing as way, you know, are we doing a good job capturing them? Because what I hear is, uh, and, and, and I, I know that we're coming out very soon with a research study um, later, well, this month or, or next month. And the, the um, result was overwhelming about the, you know, the, the future populations are donating. They're, they're looking, they're, they're, they're very specific that they want to be a very easy, 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 easy process. And they want to understand where their money's going, how they're impacting, being part of something bigger than themselves, how they're building a better tomorrow. There's some things there, but they are donating significantly um, just as much as the mature audience. So if we're a nonprofit and we're not capturing or, or working towards that target audience, we might in, be in, might be in trouble in the future. So what, what, do you, what are your thoughts there? Honestly, I think they might be donating more on an annual basis. Um, I'm raising a preteen. He's 11 as we record this, probably 12 when this comes out. And, you know, even even down to the coin boxes at a register, he does not come back with cash for me, Don. It goes in that box. Like he is very philanthropic minded. And so at 11, he's charitable. Um partly, you know, for his environment, his mom's the nonprofit nerd, and we live by being of service, right? Like service is our religion. So really looking at how are we engaging in a younger demographic for a smaller, perhaps donor amount, but the studies show, studies plural, because there's a lot of information out there. When you ask someone to give on a regular basis at a smaller amount, that cumulative gift over the course of 12, 18 months is often larger than their one-time gift in one year. 
year. So if and when we embrace this younger demographic for an ongoing monthly sustaining commitment, it could be $10, $20, whatever that might be, over the course of that 12 to 18 months, chances are pretty darn high that they're giving at a larger amount than if we were to ask them to give once, yeah, and truthfully, that's what the uh, research study that we just completed by, by an independent group is pointing to, that for sure they're actually giving and they're giving at, at higher levels. So it's important to make those moves. Yeah, they want it, they want it to be easy. They they want to hit a button, you know. No one no one reads anymore, myself included. And so really mm-hmm. looking at how can we streamline this process and how can you, you we use artificial intelligence to say, "Hey Jarrett, we know that you gave $12, you know, last month. Would you consider doing 15 this month or whatever that might look like?" So we need to invest in technology and innovation for the future because if we say the youth is our future, we have to be ready for that sure yeah and and actually that's not the future i think it's the now truthfully it it sure is because we're you know we're seeing it already in research so it's pretty pretty interesting wait for this research when's that coming out you said so we have a preview on the research um well we're recording this like mid june what is oh yeah mid june um and you're leaving today for utah right today's the big day yeah open roads yeah and so it's the beginning of like summer vacation. So next week we have like a little preview um, webinar with some of the details coming out um, the 23rd of June. And of course it'll be on demand, but then we'll have our, you know, download to the full study and we'll be doing derivative content, but overwhelmingly it really was pointing to the younger generation and their giving. So very interesting. And it's all done by an independent party. We, we just, we just pay for it, you know, and then report out on it. So it's just Thank really you, interesting. Y'all. Thank yeah. you for that. When you mentioned the younger uh, demographic, one group that I just have to give a shout out to is YNPN, Young Nonprofit Professional Network. It's a, a national organization. They have chapters across, you know, the nation. Um, and they are are literally, you know, leading the way in philanthropy and in our nonprofit sector. I'm very committed to our local chapter here in Phoenix. Um, so YNPN, if you are listening, like tune into them because chances are they're in your community as well. And they are doing good stuff. YNPN, you said? YNPN, Young wow. Nonprofit Professional Network. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. I'm going to have to throw that over to my daughter. She. She has her own nonprofit that I help her run. And oh, I think awesome. our audience knows that um, by now because I'm always mentioning it. When I talk to people like you, I'm, my wheels are always spinning like, oh, gosh, this could be good for us. So oh, me too. Um, I think that with my clients all the time, every, every day I have a conversation like this. I call it nerding out, of course, nonprofit nerd. <laughs> yeah. and I take away so much that I feel I give. And it's just I love I love what we're able to create. Oh, but you, we know how much you give. Talk, walk us through what it's like work you know so i'm a nonprofit. i'm listening to this i i, I decide that you know you're a smart cookie jar i'm gonna i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the raven group a call what does that what 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 does that service or package or onboarding what what does it look like if i was a nonprofit? what would it look like to me well, first of all, it's fun, right? Like, I, I definitely I love that. First, my energy, uh, yeah, into all that I do, my passion. There's a lot of ways to work with me, absolutely. And uh, so you can check me out on my website, The Raven Group. Oh, what is that? Yeah, what is the website? 
theravengroup.com, T-H-E-R-A-Y-V-A-N group.com. Well, I'm glad you spelled that. I wouldn't have spelled it that way. So T-H-E-R-A-Y, keep going. V-A-N, absolutely. Group.com and Instagram, nonprofit underscore nerd. So nonprofit underscore nerd. You can find me on Insta. LinkedIn. I am like all over LinkedIn. Well, you're all, you're so easy to find. Well, yeah, you're easy to find. I, I am. And I'm probably the only female Jarrett Ransom you will find anywhere. So it's not, it's not hard to find me. As my son also said, like, mom, have you Googled yourself? And I'm like, no, why? And he goes, you're everywhere. You are. You are. <laughs> But tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about, you know, I, I pick up the phone like, Jared, what can you do for me? You know, I'm sure there's a pretty good discovery process, but, you know, what does it look like? It's exactly what I call it, Dawn, a discovery call. I always have time for a phone call. I ask anyone to jump on my calendar. I use a calendar link. Um, it can schedule 15, 20 minutes for free. And we can talk about, you know, how I might be of service to you and your organization. Um, if I'm not the right fit or the right service line or the right personality, if you're not ready to have fun, um, I can, of course, you know, open up my golden Rolodex to figure out who might be the next best referral for you. Um, so I would, I would love that. I welcome that. Um, and really looking at, you know, for an organization, I, I have services for the smaller organizations that executive coaching might be best. The larger organizations, the interim service, strategic planning. Um, again, that's a big wheelhouse for me as well as that strategic planning and, and delivering messages like this one. So if you have an opportunity or you want to bring me in to, uh, to speak with your group or again, ask for the big money on stage, I'm your girl. Yeah, I um, and I, I bet you're pretty darn effective because I know you, and so uh, I'd love to see you in action. Do you have any success stories for us? I know our, our audience loves that; they just love to hear, you know, examples. They know in the back of their mind that they should be thinking about younger, you know, younger audiences. They should be thinking about their technology stack and AI, and they know. But I think they get more inspired and motivated when they start hearing some examples because then that that's when the light bulbs go off is there anything you can share with us Oh, gosh, absolutely. Uh, well, two, two, they are opposite spectrums. One organization I've been with for a couple of years, and they were at a $1.2 million operating budget. They're now over $5 million. Whoa. Uh, that's a big jump in in nine months, honestly. So nine months. I was going to ask how long did that, how many years did that take? Nine months. Okay, that's crazy. Only a pregnant pause, nine months, and now they're five, <laughs> $5 million. But, but the other spectrum of that that I want to share, Dawn, is I was having a nerd out session with a client. That's what I call my mini uh, strategy sessions. It's 90 minutes. It's a nonprofit nerd out. It's still a very much startup organization for this client that I was working with. Um, that investment is a, a very low investment with me. They were able to raise $12,000 in just four short months after a 90 minute conversation with me. So uh, opposite spectrums, right? We're talking 1.2 to 5 million. We're talking a $12,000 increase of funding for this organization. And those, honestly, those impacts for each organization, apples to apples, huge blown out of the water, big impact for each organization in its own way. Wow. 
Fantastic. Congratulations to them, to you, to, you know, the whole collaboration. Where do you think community is playing? I know that's another big buzzword um, right now, you know, build your community, create your community, which to me is a little bit of a, um, because we're casting that wider net, right? So we may be pulling people in all over the world instead of just in your backyard. So we spoke about that earlier, but at the same time, it's like a conundrum. We should be building a community. So how, how, how important is that? How do you do that? How do you cast the net and build a community at the same time? The only thing that comes to mind, because uh, it, 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 it doesn't happen overnight, absolutely, authenticity. You build it with being authentic. 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 <laughs> so yeah, authenticity is the way we build community. Uh, I know I'm not right for everyone, and that's okay. There's someone else that's right for them. And uh, for me, you know, really being authentic with my community, with the people I serve, with the clients in our community, you know, it's just it's being true to yourself, being true to your mission, true to your clients. Um, and I think we crave that. We really crave that. Social media love-hate relationship, right? We always talk about how it's a highlight reel for so many people. But what I see over time, truly, Dawn, is when someone is authentic, they're vulnerable, and they share from a, like, a heart space, that's when the attraction comes. Yeah, and I, I had the pleasure of speaking um, to the founder of Memory Fox yesterday, Chris, um, who shared, who, who does a lot of work with nonprofit storytelling, and um, same message, right? Don't don't go for the polished, um, high, highly. AV produced scripted um, videos and and such, you know, just get your story, make it relevant, talk about your impact, but also be authentic and real and maybe imperfect because nobody, nobody, nobody really embraces perfect anymore. So, or the look of perfect. Um, So I think authenticity is just so important in everything you do, you know, in nonprofit. So that's a really good point. Um, where do you think we're going? Well, we want to, we want to know that we're working with people, real people, humans. We want that connection. We crave that connection. So yeah, we're all imperfectly perfect. Embrace that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, a hundred percent and, and really right from your story. I think that's important. Um, so where do you think we're going? Where's, where's fundraising going? What do you, what do you think the landscape's going to look like in the next, I don't know, five years? Five years. Well, of course, the dot, 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 dot. (laughs) Yeah, there's this huge transference of wealth that's been talked about this, uh, you know, tsunami of transference of wealth. Um, I don't think I'm getting any of it. Like, yeah, me neither. for that um and and i don't even buy lottery tickets so i'm really like not winning at at that you know transference of wealth but um i i just i really do think that people are coming down to their core like what is important to them and i do think the pandemics plural over these last couple of years has really helped all of us to assess what is important to us as a person i was talking to someone on the nonprofit show the other day uh, we were talking about ikigai and um and it's this concept of like living your purpose living your passion and knowing who you are at your core and so like what is your icky guy and i think we're all seeking that we're all looking for that thing that fills us up you know like makes us feel warm and fuzzy and 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 um accepted right like part of that community that we just talked about don we want to have those connections that's where i think we're going 
I love that. I think I, that gives me so much hope for, for the future. Um, you know, just being your true authentic self, being brave enough to be your true authentic self and, and trying to build a tomorrow, build a community where we live in, in a judgment-free, you know, zone and, and being more accepting, I think is in a way connecting us and then helping us align to missions. Cause we want to be part of something a little bit greater than ourselves, find yeah. meaning and purpose. And, um, I'm pretty excited to hear you say that. Yeah. Everyone wants to be on a winning team, right? And everyone wants to feel like they belong. I mean, that is Maslow hierarchy, right? Like we want to feel like we belong. And um, yeah, I, I just, I always think, you know, like we all want to be on a winning team. Yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, doesn't? feels good. It feels great. Yeah. Um, so how do you fit it in? I mean, let's just talk about female empowerment. I know we only have a couple of minutes left because I promised I would get you on the road safely uh, to your drive to Utah today. But um, how do you fit it all in? I mean, truly, your son might be jesting with you a little bit, but you really are everywhere. You should Google yourself or nonprofit world that's listening. Please Google Jarrett Ranson. But um how do you do it all as, uh, you know, as a woman and that whole female empowerment, let's inspire some, some women out there um, who are listening. How do you do it all? I, oh, that is such a good question because I don't <laughs> feel like I'm winning right now. You know, like I really, I, I too have experienced burnout. I too have experienced overwhelm. I talk very openly. Um, I've been diagnosed with depression. And so I, I have to juggle that. And it's, it's a serious thing. Um, and I've shared it very vulnerably and authentically on, on LinkedIn. Um, I have to give myself grace. You know, I have to, I have to give you grace. I have to give my clients grace, but you know what? I have to give myself grace. And um, to me, that means finding that balance of masculine and feminine energy, which is not always easy for me. I drive from my masculine core because I'm so goal oriented and task achieved. Um, and so really that reminder of that balance. So honestly, looking at my drive later today, Brene Brown is in my you on my oh, love her shout out to Brene we all yeah. listen to her here on the one cause marketing team yes yes and so honestly like finding the times and opportunity to come down relax receive recharge um it, it's a practice it's a practice and uh for me spending my summer in utah part of that has to do with seasonal depression here in arizona because it's hotter than hot yeah and i can't be active and so giving myself grace it's not hot in utah it's hot in utah too isn't it? not where i'm gonna be i'm at an elevation that's gonna be nice and cool <laughs> oh are you gonna post pictures i want to see yes. pictures Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, Follow me and you'll, you'll see it. So, so I would say, you know, give yourself grace and permission to rest. Well, I think you just gave me like a good therapy lesson because I don't give myself any grace. It's just not a good, I haven't mastered that skill. I haven't even dipped my toe in the water with that particular skill. So um, it's a practice. 
Yeah, it's good advice too. I feel like we just embarked like on another whole Raise Nation Radio episode podcast. So we're probably going to have to invite you back just to talk about that. Um, But we are at time. um, So I do want to um, be respectful because I'm sure most of our audience just finished their power walk or their workout or, you know, the drive to the store. Um, But we can definitely have Jarrett back to um, continue this uh, conversation. You'll join us again. I hope, Jarrett. Yes, ma'am. Or we can find you at the nonprofit show. We could nerd out with you anytime. Um, Or we can find you at the Raven Group. And I want to do that web uh, address one more time because you do spell it a little differently. Let's let our audience hear it again. Absolutely. Thanks for that opportunity. It's the ravengroup.com, T-H-E-R-A-Y-V-A-N. So it's a combination of Ray and Van, like a car you drive. So ravengroup.com. So yeah, um, but you just Google Jarrett Ransom, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, Ransom, hold you for money, uh, nonprofit <laughs> nerd, and voila, I show yeah. up. It's, it's so not easy, uh, so not hard to find you. But now I got to ask, where did Raven Group and the spelling come from? Yeah, so Ray is my mother's maiden name, and Van is a family name on my father's side. And oh, there is meaning behind it. Now I'll never forget it. So Ray is your mother's maiden name, and Van is another name um, on your father's side. So it's a merge, just like my mother's name, Pleslin. That's also a merge name. Her father's name was Plez. Her mother's name was Evelyn. So we're really big into combo names. <laughs> wow. So so it's a family that um, is philanthropic together, generous together, and blends names together. You got it. You got it. Now you're invited to the family reunion. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah, I'm going to expect that invitation. Oh, my God. You're just so much fun. Fearless fundraisers, I'm so sorry, but that is all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic in your daily dose of fundraising inspiration tune in for a new episode release every thursday at 12 30 p.m eastern time that's thursdays 12 30 eastern time but in the meantime listen to all the episodes on raise nation radio and please be sure to check out our raise impact series you can follow the channel that you like uh, the best where we stream on 11 channels and on demand at onecause.com i would like to thank our sponsor one cause for making this episode possible one cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy to use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Be sure to check One Cause out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of ebooks and blogs, videos, uh, infographics. I'm sure you'll find it all helpful. We hope that you do. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, Jarrett Ranson, who I can talk to for hours. I do appreciate your very expert, honest, authentic voice. Thank you so much for being with us today. Any last words of inspiration? Rest. 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 One word, rest. I love it. And a little grace. That's right. Rest and grace. You know, they're, they're big words and only a few little letters, but they mean so much. Yeah. That's so true. So true. Well, fearless fundraisers, you heard, uh, I can't talk fearless fundraisers. You've heard it rest and grace again, Jarrett. Thank you so, so, so much. It's just, you know, I fangirl whenever I'm with you. Um, and of course I'm a big fan of the show and everything that you do. Um, it's a pleasure having you. Thanks Don. Uh, fearless fundraisers. That's a wrap until next time. I'm Don Lego. This is raise nation radio. Stay fearless out there. 